Welcome to a Holy Mess podcast with me, His Holy Mess, Father Paul Hulis. This is a podcast to encourage, entertain, and give hope to those of us who are striving to find holiness in a very messy world. It's also a podcast for all those who identify as a holy mess, like me, hence His Holy Mess. Are we not all in some way, because of our weaknesses and our sinfulness, a holy mess? Yet the good news is that God, who is supremely pristine and pure, entered the depths of our mess and the mess of this world and made it holy. And he doesn't just clean up the mess in our lives, but he redeems it, uses it, and turns our mess into a beautiful message of hope. So tune in, bring your mess with you, and join me for a clean but very messy podcast. One, two, three. Welcome, Holy Messes, to a Holy Mess podcast. This is going to be a very, very brief introduction to the episode of Theology of the Barbie. Hala, 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 if you got a dollar. Anyway, so listen, I just want to say a couple things. One, if you're watching this, if you're watching this episode, you're going to notice that the first five minutes or so, the sound of my voice is not in sync with the movement of my lips, which drives me crazy when I see it happening on any other you know, show or program. So, But the good thing is that it only lasts about five minutes, so hang in there if you're watching this. Obviously, if you're listening, it's not going to affect you at all. Uh, so that gets better. Also, halfway through this episode, we had a, a, a complete disconnect of power, and so we had to start over again. Um, this episode is going to be released as one episode, um, but there is a difference in the first half of the episode and the second half of the episode. In the first half of the episode, I thought that we would go through each scene of the movie Barbie chronologically and talk about it that way, but that just didn't seem to be gelling. Also, I was talking way too much, and one of the reasons why I wanted to have two women or at least more than one woman on the show is because I'm to get a female's perspective, a woman's perspective, women's perspective on the theology of the body and Barbie. So I caught myself talking way too much in the first half. So what happened in the second half? I said, you know what, Susan and Emily, you take the reins. You talk about your perspective and I'll chime in when I can here and there. Of course, at the end, I summed it up and I, I definitely spoke a lot at the end. I speak too much all the time. So uh, so there is a difference. It's a little bit all over the place. It is a holy mess. It's the name of this podcast, but it's our holy mess. And uh, it's our take on the movie Barbie and the theology of the body. So I hope you enjoy it. God bless you. If this is your first time to a holy mess podcast, please uh, share it, please rate it, and please review it. Review it and rate it on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, wherever you get it. Check it out. Don't, don't, duh. Download, subscribe, share, rate, review. Peace. God bless. Enjoy the theology of the Barbie.
Welcome back, Holy Messes, to another episode of A Holy Mess with His Holy Mess, Father Paul. Okay, I've been saying on social media for a couple weeks now that I wanted to do an episode on the movie Barbie and the theology of the body. And you might think that I, like, I'm crazy, like, what do you mean? And I know there's like a lot of negative criticism about it. And, you know, this one priest put that he went to go see it because there, he knew that the girls in his youth group were going to go see it. So he felt like he should go. And I think that's an admirable thing. He didn't want to go just to go for himself. But, hey, a lot of the youth were going to go see it. So let me go see it so I could talk to them about it. And he got destroyed on social media, got destroyed just for going uh, just for going to see it. So I said, you know what? Let me let me go see this. Let me see. Let me see what what this is all about, because I went to go see. Uh, Sound of Freedom a couple weeks ago and I come out of Sound of Freedom and there's like 50,000 people in the movie theater now that I am completely exaggerating there's probably about you know 100 and they were all dressed in pink and I was like what's going on I didn't even know that Barbie was out and they're like oh Barbie's out and it's this insane amazing I don't want to say amazing in the sense of like it's amazing but like the numbers the records are people going to the movies to see Barbie is absolutely astonishing. And I'm like, well, what is this all about? So there were, uh, this is the great thing about social media. Uh, there's a, there was this woman on Facebook named Emily, uh, no, Susan, sorry, uh, named Susan, um, who her and I were talking uh, to each other about the theme of Barbie and the theology of the body. And I said, would you please be willing to come on with me and talk about Barbie? Cause I want a woman's perspective. She told me that her friend Emily saw it and said that there is some TOB themes. So I said, can Emily come on too? And now they're both here. They're both here. I don't know them. They don't know me. Just look, this is the first time I'm ever meeting Emily. Susan and I talked a little bit over Facebook Messenger. I'm really excited to have them. They've both seen Barbie. Uh, Susan saw it twice. No, em Emily saw it twice. So Susan saw it once. I just saw it twice for research purposes only. And uh, here we are to talk about it, the theology of the Barbie. Because I always talk about the theology of the body, right? The theology, you always hear me talk about theology of the body. But now we're going to talk about the T.O.B., Theology of the Body and Barbie. Theology of the Barbie. Susan and Emily, welcome to a holy mess. This is a mess, if you didn't know. It is. Well, thank you so much for being here. Where, where, are you, where are you right now? Where do you guys live? We're in Northwest Arkansas. So You're in Arkansas? Yes. I'm awesome. Awesome. And you've been friends for a long time? Over 10 years. Oh, 15 years. 15 years. 16. 17. 16, 17 years. Wow. All right. So br just tell our audience who you are real quick, like each individually. Who, who are you? Emily, who are you? Yeah. So my name is Emily. I am a Creighton model fertility care practitioner. I teach women and couples how to chart their cycles using the Creighton model. And um, I was introduced to that after my husband, Josh, and I struggled with infertility for years. And we have two miracle NAPRO babies. So um, through that um, struggle and suffering brought so much, um, there was so much healing. And a lot of that came from my introduction to theology of the body and, um, and getting to know it in such a, a really personal way. So, um, I feel like I try to incorporate that lens into my teaching also with my couples. So, yeah. Awesome. Powerful. I can't wait to hear more. Susan, who are you? Um, so I'm Susan. Um, I'm originally from Louisiana, moved here 17 years ago. Emily is the first Catholic that I met here. Um, I don't know if 
everybody knows this, but this is definitely the Bible Belt. I didn't well, realize. Are there many Catholics down there? Not many Catholics? No. But I grew up in Louisiana, right? And it's all Catholic. Got it. So I didn't realize that the whole world wasn't Catholic. I was, <laughs> I was very sheltered, right? I come from a huge, very conservative family, um, seven children, um, homeschooled, mass every day, daily rosary, and all this. Very, very Catholic. Um, when I move here, I mean, there really aren't any Catholics. Okay. Okay. Um, and, well, and the churches do not look like the Catholic churches that I grew up. Got it. No, seeing. So it was it was all different. But Emily, um, actually, she, we worked together. She was hired, um, and she heard me talking to a patient. Um, I guess I was. I don't know how I was talking to a patient about Catholicism. I guess and yeah. she walks over and she goes, "Oh my gosh, you're Catholic." <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> and I, okay, I knew that God placed her in my life, and we have been like inseparable. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. So friends for 15 years. Uh, individually, I believe you are both married with children, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, Emily, how long have you been married and how many children do you have? Um, I have two little babies. I have a newborn little baby, um, eight weeks old and a three and a half year old. So a little girl and a little boy. And we've been married 15 years. Congratulations. This year. 15 years this year. Yeah. I Congratulations had to-, to a brand new baby boy. I did, yeah. In June. June. Yeah. So she came over to meet him, and that's when we were talking about Barbie somehow. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Susan, uh, how long have you been married and how many how many kids? Okay, so I'm not married. Um, I'm single mom. So Um, sorry. I thought so sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um holy mess, right? Totally. Did you see my face when I just asked that? <laughs> I I told my viewers that I didn't exactly know who you are. Okay. So, and it's okay. The same thing happened last week on my show. I also had somebody that I didn't exactly know come on the show. And I was that I was like, how many children do you have? And they're like, oh, two. And I was like, oh, how long have you been married? And she's like, well, um, I have my first child from another. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm so sorry. She's like, no, totally. That's all. She's like, it's a part of my story of redemption. It's a start of my, you know what I mean? So here we go. Yeah. Um, So yes, a mother. I have four children. I have um, uh, oldest is 31. um, And then a son. And then a daughter who's 26. And then um, my last two are 16 and 13. And they still live at home. Um, so mother of four, grandmother of seven. Amazing. Yeah. You are a grandma of seven. Yeah. Wow. I mean, when I first became a grandmother, I was like, I, I'm not, they can't call me grandma. I'm not ready for this. Because in my mind, grandmas were like these old and I didn't feel old, right? Um, it's the best thing that could have ever happened in my life. They're so beautiful. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Well, listen, God is awesome. God is amazing. God is merciful. God is truth. God is beauty. I'm beyond grateful that the two of you are on this show right now. So, okay. Um, my understanding is that you, all right. So I put something about that. I wanted to do something about the theology of the body and Barbie that I saw the movie and I think I could do something on, on that. And then Susan, you said, a matter of fact, my friend just told me that it had those themes. So yeah, I, like I was not planning on seeing the movie just because. Oh yeah, talk about that. Talk about that for a second. Why not? Why were you not gonna go see it? 
I mean, just everything that I was reading, um, a lot of the people that I follow are very conservative, right? It, it, just everything that I was reading was negative and I didn't want any part of it. Um, and then I come to visit Emily um, a little after our birthday and she told me that she and her sisters and her mom went and saw it. Well, they surprised me. I, so I didn't, I hadn't read anything about the reviews. I had heard this murmur about the wokeness and all this stuff. And in my mind, I remember saying something, I bet they ruined Barbie. I really didn't have an interest in seeing it. My sisters came to town, surprised me for my 40th birthday. And um, they, birthday. thank you. And they, um, and they surprised me and we went to see Barbie. And so I was like, oh, it's going to be great. You know, it's fine. You know, cause I had actually made a comment to my mom that I, I wasn't really excited. I didn't, I wasn't interested in seeing the movie. Well, they had already planned it, that sort of thing. So as, as we left, I even said, as we were leaving the theater, wow, there's a lot of theology of the body in that, in that movie. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I thought it was very funny. I thought it was highly entertaining. And there was a real fun, uh, just there was a spin on it for theology of the body that I was not expecting. And so I, yeah, so I mentioned that to Susan. So, yeah, you know, I, I, in a certain sense, well, certainly like, like what Susan said, I, I, I guess I just saw kind of like headlines or people's posts about Barbie and all this stuff. And it was like really, really negative and, you know, like pure feminism and just like totally, you know, demasculating men. And, you know, Ben Shapiro said it was like a piece of garbage and like just all these other people. And I, people are, are, are judging, they're staying on the surface. They're judging the cover. They're, 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 they're not willing to go into the deep. I mean, you don't have to glorify the movie or say that the movie's an amazing movie or that you absolutely should go see it, but we could see anything. I mean, John Paul II, right? He used to read like the communist manifesto to understand the other side. You know what I'm saying? Like this whole thing of like, don't see it, don't see it. Like, well, yeah. Okay. Well, why are we going to see it? What's our intention? Are we, are we intending to learn something? Are we going for pure entertainment or are, do we want to understand like what's going on in our culture right now? Because there's like 20,000 million, you know, people going to see this movie and it's a cultural phenomenon. So the priest is supposed to be into the world in, in, uh, 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 in the world to address the world, to be a bridge to the world of Christ. So yeah. Can we go see something and then take themes from it and talk about God and the church? 100%. And that's what we're going to do now. Now, for those of you who may be new to listening to this and maybe like, well, what is theology of the body in the first place? That's going to take about 25 million hours to explain, so I won't completely get into that. But the theology of the body in a nutshell, please, Jesus Christ, is basically a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful teaching on what it, be it, man, on what it means to be a man and a woman made in the image and likeness of God. Basically, in a nutshell, man and woman, he created them. What does it mean to be human? Who am I? What does it mean to be a male? What does it mean to be a female? What does that mean individually? And what does it mean together, uh, complementarity? What is the origin of man? Uh, what has happened to us since the fall of man? And where are we headed? Our origin, our current place in history, and our destiny, okay? Um, if you want, I had Christopher West on here. He was one of my first guests. We do two episodes on the theology of the body. Go back to listen to those episodes with Christopher West. Uh, he's probably like episode like four or whatever. And uh, we totally get into the whole TOB there. So, uh, all right, ladies, Susan and Emily, here 
we go. I don't know how we're going to do Like, listen, everybody, uh, th- there was no organization. We don't have like a, like a storyboard. We don't have like, okay, we're going to talk about this first. We were just like, okay, go see it. And now we're going to talk about it. So, and I being a man will not go first. Okay. So I, you thought I was going to say, I will go first, right? Exactly. No, I will not be Ken. I will not be Ken in this. So, um, we could take this in a couple ways. We could maybe do from the beginning chronologically, or we could just kind of go into themes. How about I start with this to not complicate it? What touched your heart the mm. most mm. about this movie? And we'll start with Emily since she saw it first and twice. Um, I, oh, I, I feel like at the end, I, so I didn't. Spoilers. Read- there will be spoilers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I didn't read anything before going to see it. So when I went to see it, I was going for entertainment. And I, as, as I left, I was actually thankful that I hadn't, um, I wasn't aware of some of the stuff that was being said specifically. So as I watched it the first time, it wasn't until the end, specifically in those moments with Ruth and Barbie and the conversations that were happening between the two of them, especially when they were, between both worlds, if you will. Um, and we can elaborate on that or go into that deeper, but um, it, it was really as the, the movie is ending and it was just kind of overwhelming, like, wow, there was really a theme throughout that. And then when I saw it the second time, I was able to then look for that because I didn't go into it looking for that at all. Um, I, I wasn't really looking for anything. I was just watching it for entertainment. And, um, and so when I watched it the second time, I feel like, then, as you said, we could start from the beginning and kind of pull different threads out throughout. Um, I will kind you of do that. Do you want me to kind of like little by little do that or no, go or whatever? Go well, ahead. I was going to say I was going to kind of lean to Susan on this because she um, she actually looked into some of the stuff that Greta Gerwig had said whenever she's been interviewed on writing it and producing it. The writer and director of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um there was, and she has alluded to some of these themes. And so I think it might be, um, yeah, pertinent to, um, to talk about what she has already said. So, so that people can understand that there is a, there is a thread, there is a theme through the movie that she like has. Like we're not crazy seen. for seeing, yeah. we're seeing this in it. Okay. All right, Susan. So what, what, did, what did you pick up on from the writer, director, producer? About she quoted it say, as saying that the movie is very intentional. So she has a Catholic upbringing. She went to Catholic school, right? And she said that um, it's very intentional, that it's an out of Eden story. Out of Eden. Okay. Yeah. All right. I could see that. I mean, it truly is. Completely right? see that. Yeah. And that's, hey, that's where the theology body begins. Yeah. Right. In the beginning, it was not so, right? Right. And I I think for me, um, like there were so many things in it, but I went in it looking through the theology of the body lens only because of you and Emily, because I wouldn't have seen it. You were already wearing the lens to the TOB. With the lens on, right? With with the lens by that. So you definitely are a TOB enthusiast because theology of the body is not meant to be just a, another part, just one area of theology uh, amongst many other areas of theology. It's meant to be, a lens in which we see 
life in which we see all theology unless in which we see sexuality humanity mm -hmm. a lens so it's not just a, a one teaching among among others um yes i also did read a little bit i tried not i mean i've had a lot of other stuff going on could i have researched more there was a part of me that's like you know what i'm not going to research it all mm -hmm. i'm just going to see the movie and i'm going to kind of just pray and and meditate and write down some notes and then i'm like you know i should see like are is anybody else saying anything about tob in this or you know what's the director saying so i did like tiny 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 bit of research i do everything last second by the way and uh you know i i i kind of want to stick at first with what did we perceive um you know i'll start with one thing and then we go go from there so you know the movie starts out with um well in the very very beginning just talk about dolls and about how you know in the beginning the only dolls that you know uh girls ever had to play with were were baby basically baby dolls taking care of babies and then eventually came along the barbie doll the adult right uh and then the, you know they smashed all these other dolls because now they want the barbies or whatever i heard somebody saying something about like the, the movie has people killing children i'm like i don't they're freaking dolls like what do you i don't understand what you're talking about they just don't want to stop playing with their dolls to play with the barbie but i found it interesting in that very very beginning that for some reason there is some need right i see this all the time and when i go to my friend's house and that you know there or, or my cousin's house like my little baby cousin's are playing with baby dolls like what is that why does my little three-year-old like you know girl cousin why is she carrying around a baby and feeding the baby you know i mean does that necessarily have to go with the whole theme of barbie i don't know but it is something that i thought about in the very beginning that there's this already this tendency to want to nurture to want a mother and I know to the outside world that may seem sexist for me to say, how dare you say that women want a mother? Uh, hello, it is inherent. And I know I'm speaking as a man and I'm a priest and I'm straight and I'm white and we don't have a lot of stuff to say, you know, I'm worthy outcast. But um, I think there is something inherently fatherly in men and something inherently motherly in women um even from a little age so all right so then we get there and then we're in barbie land right and barbie land is like a feminist utopia is that a right uh, an okay description absolutely mm -hmm. everything's perfect everything's awesome uh, everything yeah yeah the music focuses on barbie uh everything's great she's the star all the women are in charge um, you know, there, no aging, no death, no, like, no cellulite, <laughs> you know, like not everything. I don't know. It's, it's just such a beautiful kind of paradise. Yes. A paradise, right? Which there was once a paradise. Um, but, uh, I, I find it, I find it before anything happened with Barbie at all. I want to focus on one thing that I, that I, I picked out in the very beginning. It said that every day is a good day for Barbie. Every day is a good day for Barbie, but for Ken, mm -hmm. only a good day if mm -hmm. Barbie looks at him. Mm -hmm. It's only a good day if Barbie – now, from, so from the very beginning, they show you this type of male-female complementarity difference. I mean, so it's not – look, this is not 
Eden, okay, in no way, shape, or form, because in Eden, there was original unity, there was original harmony, there was a, a difference between the sexes, a, a, totally a difference, but a difference does not mean a better or a worse. Different, but equal, completely equal. At last, this is, when, when the man saw the woman, at last, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This is my equal. This is the one I want to give my life to, devote my life to, right? So, this is my just interpretation, but this little utopia paradise is kind of like it's 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 post the fall, um, mm -hmm. but still kind of very close to Eden, um, you know, in a certain sense. Eden and for I, the feminist. What's that? Eden for the feminist, maybe. Eden for the feminist, yes. But but <laughs> but for and maybe I just I identify with Ken, you know, obviously I wasn't always a priest. And, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I, you know, also dated and had girlfriends or desire to have a girlfriend or whatever. And when she said Ken only has a good day when Barbie looks at him. Now, we were going to talk about this towards the end of the movie with that whole thing that happened with Ken at the very end. So I don't want to get into all of that right away. But. I think we should say something about the fact that even though, yes, we are made for each other, that, you know, it is not good for man to be alone, as it says in, in the book of Genesis, we are made for each other, male and female, he created them, man, uh, you know, and um, to be fruit, fruitful and, and multiply, but we are also still individuals. We have inherent dignity, completely just because of who we are as we exist. We are not any less of a man if we don't have a woman. We're not any less of a woman if we don't have a man. So yes, male and female were created for each other, but we also have a, 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 a individual, personal, soul, dignity, heart, mind, body. So anything on that at all? So, I mean, I might be taking it too far in the movie but no, it's okay because it, it does kind of get to that that's where it ends up getting to so yeah okay so you asked what touched you the most in the movie right and it's when ken said um i don't know who i am without you mm. this is why i was created right yes um, yes thank you and i only exist within the warmth of your gaze right to be seen <sighs> to be loved like can have the best lines in the movie. I'm just telling you, throughout, can have the best lines. Was powerful. Mm -hmm. That was what really struck me. Um, Can you repeat those lines, please. Um, I don't know who I am without you. Um, that's why I was created. I only exist within the warmth of your gaze. We why did that touch you so much? Oh, I'm sorry, it's Emily. No, no. I was just gonna say we all desire to be seen. And like Susan said, to be seen is to be loved. And so every, it's only a good day for Ken when Barbie looks at him. He, he has that desire. He, he wants to please her. He wants her to notice him. He wants, um, he wants to be seen as we all do. We all want that. Well, and I think you can also relate it to TOB, right? For God gave, he created the world. He created all these creatures. He gave them all to Adam and Adam didn't know who he was until Eve was created, until he saw his body made no sense without hers, right? Yes. Was, that was so beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. um, You're right. They were created for each other, right? But I feel like the brokenness comes from um, them looking 
taking the question to each other in, instead of taking it to the creator first, like who I am I, right? And that's kind of the theme of the movie, what was I made for? Um, and Barbie takes that question to her creator, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she yeah, because Barbie that. has a creator in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many little, oh, I was she, tells Ken, she tells Ken to figure out who he is um, at another part in the movie. Um, yeah. Or they can come together. Like, yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, they've emasculated him. They did, right? yeah. They he did. doesn't know who he is. And so figure out who he is. And when he goes to the real world and he wants to be a man and sees all these, you know, because it's a complete opposite, but there's no balance. Um, he has to take his question to the creator first. Mm-hmm. I mean, There's no balance. Do you hear that? There's no balance when it's all women or when it's all men. Yeah. It's 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 not okay either way on the opposite extremes. There's yeah. no balance. And the Lord, he made for original harmony, original mm-hmm. peace, mm-hmm. original balance, if you will. Thanks for saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know what? There was a, there was a time in my life, I'm telling you, I and I wrote this down on my notes. Um, I could I she uh, so basically okay so here's here's the deal okay ken wants barbie's attention she he wants to be you know her love he wants to be her everything and and vice versa and she is okay with who she is and she has all these friends and like she doesn't need him ken seems like he needs her she you know kind of likes him but doesn't like need him and but he's constantly seeking, constantly circling. He and there's competition. Even when Barbie does look at him, there's competition, right? These are these other men, and yet his whole life, his everything, his existence, he, he's allowing his everything to rest in her or on her. Like Barbie's his crutch, if you will, sort of. And even when he goes to the real world and realizes that like men rule the world and it's all patriarchy and all that stuff, he brings it back and like, you know, he seems like he doesn't care about Barbie, but he's really just hurt. Mm-hmm. He's really angry and he still wants her attention. Because what 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 he said, this hit me so hard, right? He's acting all tough and macho and like, you know, telling Barbie, like, yeah, it's like the dude mojo rojo house or whatever he calls it, Casa House, the dude ranch, and you know, all this other stuff. And like, you know, it's the kingdom now. And somebody says something about failing us or fit, and he goes, No, Barbie, you failed me. Uh, I wrote that down too. You failed me. Uh-huh. You failed me. And then he wanted her to feel the pain that mm. she felt. Yes. When, because she used to make him feel not really needed or wanted. And now he goes. Him, and then he turns around and wounds her. Yeah. Yes, he wounds him. He wants her. How does it feel? He goes. Right. How does it feel? Mm. That with that that hit me really powerful. I don't know if you want to say anything more about that. Mm. I, I, yeah, I feel I feel the same. Yeah, yeah. Barbie, all of a sudden, in the very beginning of the movie, she's like, you know, everything's going great, and you know, there's like this awesome song, and they're all singing, dancing, and like, hey, Barbie, hey, Barbie, oh yeah, great, Barbie, yeah, Barbie. You know, there's like 20 million Barbies in the uh, in the thing, and ironically, can we just talk about this for a second? The one and only pregnant Barbie, okay, was is discontinued 
Okay. And, and that she's off to the side and no one wants anything to do with the one pregnant Barbie. Now one could just say, well, whatever, you know, pregnant doll, whatever. But like, to me, I don't, it, it kind of made it seem like in our culture today, like we're, eh, yeah, pregnancy, like it's seen more of as, as a sickness and a disease. That is something, you know, when like when when many, many women, you know, like get pregnant, it seems, oh, my gosh, I'm pregnant. Something's wrong. Oh, my gosh. This was not supposed to happen when it's like really the natural course of like the sexual act. Like if you get pregnant from the sexual act, something actually went went right, like according to plan. So I just saw that as like, yeah, let's just like what kind of you know, this pregnant Barbie. Mm, no, nobody wants to see her. Nobody wants to talk. even like Will Ferrell's character, who's hysterical, by the way, in the movie. He's like, oh, 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 he like screams at the pregnant. Like, Didn't we discontinue her? Am I think am I looking into that too much? I mean, it's such a lie too, right? Because we are innately nurturers as women. Like that's what we desire, but we're told that that's not what we're supposed to desire. I, I am going to play devil's advocate on this. Watching it the first time, the doll was literally discontinued. Like I, I just re I just looked at it as the trajectory of Barbie. Like that that doll was was a doll that they created and then they they didn't. Now, why did they not create? Why did they discontinue it? That part I don't know. But yeah. I mean. Yeah, could we overthink it and and say these things? I mean, yeah, that is the way of our world. Um, but yeah. I mean, for me, and this is skipping to the end, but I feel like the ending redeemed that part. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. yeah, so she everything is great, and then all of a sudden, Barbie says, Hey, anybody else have thoughts of death? <laughs> and everything stops because, like, what, what do you mean? I, I am gonna put you on the spot, but like, why? Why do you think that happened? What was? What was? What was that about? Oh, I, I think it's through the wound, right? A wound was created, um, and through the wound is when. And this is going deeper. This is not the movie, but through the wound is when the enemy comes in with his whispers, right? With the intrusive thoughts. I mean, I feel like that's what it was about for me when I saw it. Yeah. Well, and also, right? Like the. If you were sticking with like, or, you know, Eden, what's the, uh, and you're talking about wounds, right? Like what's the result of sin? Mm -hmm. Death. No. You know, the yeah. result of sin is death and they're living in a, in a fallen world. And uh, again, I'm looking through this, the theology of the body, and this is purely subjective completely. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's, Hey, wait, what? No. Cause also though, it could also be a thing of like, this life, a lot of people go to the clubs, they go, you know, out and they're partying and it's like, hey, YOLO, you only live once or like live your best life now. Live, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden something happens where we realize like, oh, my gosh, there's more to this life. There, not only is there more to this life, but like we're going to die one day. We're going to die one day. And that scares me. And that makes me think about my life, mm -hmm. what I'm doing, who I hang out with, my behaviors. And I, I'm, I, I completely I can identify because literally I was at a party my senior year of high school when I was, I was just partying it up and partying it up and trying to be the man and trying to be the best and the most popular and have the girls and all this stuff. And and one day I'm at a party and I start to have this like intense pain right by my heart. 
And to make a very long story short, like I thought I was having a heart attack and dying. And in the middle of the whole part, I am not exaggerating. I'm not just saying this because of what happened in the movie. But in the middle of the party with the music going on and people dancing, I didn't say, hey, anybody thinking about death? But I started screaming, I'm dying. I'm dying and everything stopped and people came to attend to me and I started, I thought I was, what it turned out to be. And I didn't know this because I never had uh, a panic attack before. It turned out to be a panic attack. My first ever, I didn't know what a panic attack was, but I was convinced that I was dying. And then at the age of 17, because they continued, I was like, Oh my gosh, I've never thought about death. Mm. I'm going to die. And I don't know if I'm really, happy in life right now. I don't know if I'm doing the right things. I don't know who I am. And I know I'm not a woman and I know I'm not Barbie, but I identified with that scene very much because everything was great. Everything was a utopia. And now she's having thoughts of death. And that starts to change everything. It's not the cellulite right away. A lot of people are like, oh, well, she got the cellulite. Yeah, she ended up getting some cellulite and that freaked her out. But it started with thinking about the thoughts of death. Thoughts of death, depression, like it it got dark for her. Um, And she wanted answers and she she didn't know where else to go. And so she goes to weird. So so what's wrong? Yeah, what's wrong? Yeah, what's wrong with? Yeah. Why why am I not like everybody else? Why am I not happy? So then she has to start going deeper. Right. Um, And then when she goes to see weird boy, Barbie, that's Weird Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first time that she has to like um, look interiorly. Yeah. Right. The mm-hmm. which I kind of equate to prayer, and that's when she starts to um, have revelations, like or see what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what does she do with that? You know, she's she's intrigued. She wants to she wants to figure out what's going on, um, and she has the she freely chooses to go figure that out with I mean I just think of that as like our free will like we're just given you can stay here in this shoe or you can go further mm-hmm. yeah even though she wanted a part of her wanted to stay no, yeah she but- wanted that which was funny because and interesting about that free will thing because that at the very 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 end with the creator there is free will because she thinks that she's being controlled mm-hmm. but um yeah, a part of her was like, at first she wanted to know what was going on. At first she wanted to know what was what was wrong with her. But then when she realized that she had to take certain steps that were going to be uncomfortable and go to the real world, she started to get scared. She started to get scared and say, no, no, you know what? I just want things to go back to how they were. And I think that in our faith, right, that we may start to ask questions and wonder like, well, what's going on and who am I? But then we realize that like the Christian life is not all fun and games. And there's some sacrifices that we need to make. And there's some pain. And there's some suffering. Like when I first went on a retreat and it was all like gooey, gooey gumdrops and like I felt warm and, you know, yay. And and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, but, oh, but I actually had to give this up. And then I had to give it like if I was really going to change my life. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to do this. I just want things to go back to how they were, mm-hmm. even though how things were, were not like the way that God intended them to be mm-hmm. So in that scene with her, like wanting to find out and wanting to change things. And then she's like, no, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I get that. I see that as a Christian because who doesn't want to love Jesus? Who doesn't want to follow Jesus? But then when they realize, well, what does it mean to follow him? It's like, 
yeah, you know, I don't want to miss out. I just want things to go back to the way they were. I don't know. That's my two cents on that. All right. We had some technical difficulties on a holy mess, but we're back here. And you know what? I'm actually really glad it happened because as I said to Susan and Emily, I'm like, you know what? I, I, not that I'm well organized, but I do have some notes and I'm talking a lot. And I wanted more than one woman on here for a reason to talk about Barbie. So we hear mostly from the women and not from me who needs to shut his trap more. So I was going more like, oh, let's do scene to scene, which would probably take us till 2 a.m. <laughs> um, so why don't we do general themes? And as I said, my audience already knows that this podcast is pretty much a holy must. It's all good in the hood. All right, so I'm going to kick it off to Susan Emily, who prepared some notes, and then I'll chime in here and there. I mean, I'll probably still talk a lot, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so after talking about it and um, noticing how the movie itself, it starts Barbie land, like we were saying earlier, there's no aging, there's no pain, there's no death, and no shame. <clears throat> and then it's only after she leaves Barbie land and enters the real world she and Ken, that they start to feel self-conscious. So <clears throat> it's just like Adam and Eve. And um, so like when, when they, so when they're on their roller skates, right? And yeah. it's the first time that Eve feels objectified. Barbie, yeah. Uh, Eve, right? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> but it's like Eve. Yeah. I just think, can you come a little bit closer to the speaker? Yeah. What, uh, no, not you, Emily, but Susan. Uh, when you said when they're on their what? When they're on their what? On their roller skates. Oh, the roller skates. Right? Okay. It's the first time that Barbie feels objectified. Yes. Right? She's so used to, um, she's living in Barbie world where, I mean, there aren't any walls. She <laughs> has no idea what shame is or, I mean, everybody sees everything and she's okay, but she feels that it's a gaze that you don't want, right? Mm -hmm. That objectifying gaze. And it's the first time she wants to hide. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Which was wow. she says she says we need clothes, right? That's when isn't that did didn't she say that? Isn't that when they go shopping? Um yeah, when they were um uh, they got arrested because she yeah. a guy came up to her and smacked her butt. Yes. And she yes. punched him. Yes. And they got arrested. She says we don't like they didn't have any generals, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I forget how she said it, but she actually tells them like she can she can tell that they're looking at her in an objectifying way and she's like trying to defend herself i thought that was very interesting um yeah i don't have genital like don't don't look at me like that like i'm i'm not like that you know and kids like what yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, then she turns and say uh, and did she actually say the word did she say i don't have a vagina i think so yeah. i think so yeah right? And then she, I don't know if she's, uh, Ken doesn't have a penis or something. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's funny, but, and then he's like, mm. yeah, I have all, I have all the genitals. I have all the genitals. Yeah. That's also like, go ahead. No, you. I mean, that's also what, I mean, that's what shows us who we are. That's how we know who we are as man and woman is mm -hmm. by our genitals, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just thought it was really beautiful that, it just relates very well. That's the first time that Eve wants, not Eve, Barbie wants to hide. Barbie wants to hide. 
Well, there are. I mean, I actually uh, did a little bit of research uh, from the director, and she did say that there are some similarities with the whole Adam and Eve story um, on purpose. Um, A matter of fact, even um, in the scene where Barbie meets her creator, Mm -hmm. I did not pick this up, and I saw it twice, uh, but I read about it, is that when when, um, Ruth, I guess, Ruth, the creator, hands Barbie the cup of tea, their like fingers touch in the way that like uh, in the Sistine Chapel, God, the father's uh, uh, finger touch Adam. I didn't see that, but she said that that was intentional. Of course, obviously reversed, you know, because in Genesis, man was created first and then woman or whatever. So that was intentional. But yes, there are some uh, things like that. Twisted way. Yeah. yeah, in a twisted way. And that, yeah, that's interesting. We don't have any generals. And yet that's what makes us a man or a woman. But but correct me if I'm wrong. I think some women, I, I've heard this from other women, feel so much like they are looked at like such an object by men just as a piece of flesh. And, you know, like what those construction workers were saying to her and that guy that smacked her butt that like they don't want to look beautiful anymore. Mm. They wanna, they wanna hide, you know. They, they wanna, oh, some uh, maybe so much as so far as to look more like a man, you know, or whatever. Like uh, they, they don't wanna be seen as just a piece of meat. They wanna be seen as a person, which is who they are and who they're meant to be. Right. So it was so right for her to get so offended because you know, even though she's just like a Barbie, t- you know toy or whatever in the real world it's like no don't what no don't look at me that way mm-hmm. so just a little commentary on that and even um america ferrera's uh character when she goes off on that long tangent i mean she says things like that like you're supposed to be pretty but you're you're not or all of the things that she says i, I i'm not going to quote them correctly but you're supposed to want you're supposed to have money, but you're not supposed to want money. You're supposed to, you know, she says all these things and that is how the what world character is she in the, in the, I know, but for our oh. listeners, America Ferreira, what character, cause we haven't talked about those characters yet. What, yeah. Who do they play? So she plays um, the mother of a teenage daughter who she and her daughter played Barbies and the daughter grows up to not care for Barbie. And she really holds Barbie dear, <clears throat> excuse me dear to her and she is still connected to her <clears throat> and stereotypical Barbie, which is Margot Robbie's character ends up being her Barbie that she played with. Um, and they have to meet up in the movie to repair the portal as it is stated in the movie. So, oh. um, but anyway, just to allude to the fact that, yeah, in the way the world is, um, you're supposed to be a certain thing, but not, um, perhaps not, act, not act a certain way, or you know. Um. Um, and I also love that that they portray that Barbie and Ken don't have genitals, right? So they're not truly human because they don't have genitals. So in that scene where Barbie's feeling objectified, she says that she doesn't have a vagina, he doesn't have a penis, um, but also. Um, when Ken asked her to spend the night with him, it was really funny. And she's like, spend the night? What, and what will we do? Yeah. You know, like nothing made sense, right? Mm. And then um, at the end, 
when Barbie goes to the creator for the last time um, and, and she asks the question, what was I made for? Um, and they're in between the two worlds, mm -hmm. right? Which is kind of beautiful too. I think that was the best. Um, that, that was just one of the best scenes. And she said, I created you so that you would have no ending. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, what's that about? I, that's the thing that I said earlier before we recorded that. I'm not exactly sure if I get mm. the ending. So what, and you guys said, well, we think we do. So uh, talk mm. more about that, about that scene. I mean, this is just seeing it through the TOB lens, right? We were created not to have an ending. Um, and Ruth reveals to Barbie her true identity. And it's our creator who reveals to us our true identity, not the man to the woman or the woman to the man. We have to take that question to God first. Mm. Um, and she shows her who she is, right? And then she, at that moment, she gives Barbie a choice also. You can stay here or you can be here. But then she gives her visions of babies Women and, and children mm -hmm. and uh, like being a mom and they're and, all worldly visions you know mm -hmm. it's outside of barbie land it's it's the real world and it's all happiness but nurturing love like all, all these things that our hearts were created for um and she's very emotional about it and i think that yeah i felt like she understood that there would be a struggle a she under a pain yeah um and and to elaborate in that scene ruth her creator tells her you're perfect. You're perfect. Like I created you perfectly. I mean, we are all created in his image and likeness, but we're all different. And yeah, when she gets all these visions of the world and what that would look like, it's very emotional. She's, she's got her tears coming down out of her eyes. Um, but she's also kind of smirking and smiling. Like she's interested in that. And um, I mean, and, and I saw it as like, um, being a mom, yeah, like showing her babies and children and laughter and love and like what our hearts are drawn to. She's right? being, it's being revealed to her what she's created for. And then as she moves back into the real world and the character that played with her previously, America Ferreira's character is taking her, she's all dressed up in these worldly clothes and you think maybe she's going for a job interview or you're not sure. And they're, they're encouraging her. She, America Ferrer's character is encouraging her. You've got this, you can do this, which I felt like was really, that that's really special, right? It's, it, it was very encouraging for life and um, nurturing and motherhood. And then she moves in, she goes into that doctor's office and says she has an appointment to see the gynecologist. And the way we took that was, she understands that that's what she needs in to be female, to, to be, be woman. Her genitals are what what makes this man male and yeah, right. Male She'll never man. have those babies or that life until that part of her is there, and that's the one thing that Barbie didn't have mm -hmm. that she has at the end. And so, the movie felt very encouraging towards that. Um, that's why I'm just. It, it feels like. Um, Perhaps the people that are talking about the negativity, I have to wonder if they've seen the movie because um, it, of course things can get twisted, right? Um, but there's so much truth and goodness and beauty and just looking at the way she was encouraged before she went in there, they're like, you can do this, you got this. It, it, it was very promoting of femininity and, um, and motherhood and it redeems that beginning story yes 
Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Being in the baby dolls, you know? Yeah. She was excited to become a woman. Is After seeing all those visions, she wanted to do that. Now I'm totally curious on why Greta, what's her last name? Gerwig? Gerwig. Uh-huh. Why they did. I mean, I don't know Greta Gerwig. I don't know her leanings politically or anything. I, I have no idea. But it's just so interesting that that's how they ended it. With- that's that's what we said. I mean, we sat there in awe and I was like, Emily. I know. It's oh so gosh. beautiful. Like, this is what makes her a woman. She's at the gynecologist. She's at the gynecologist. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like a funny little you know, reveal because we have no idea the right. building that they're going into when they're in the car and, the, you know, the mom and the daughter are encouraging her. And by the way, the husband's just being like a moron again. He, they, they do really do play like all women. As, I mean, sorry, all men as morons in this movie. Okay. So, that part's so awful. They, they do. Truly, truly. Yeah. Okay. Ken needs to take his question to the father. Hurry. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. there is a lot of demasculate or I, I'm not ma- Whatever. Yeah. We're not talking about that right now. So, yeah. But uh, but yeah, like in a, in our culture, in our society today, where we are literally being told that you can be whatever sex you want to be, you could be whatever gender you want to be, that it's completely up to you, and that there is no real such thing completely, totally as a woman or as a man. That a man or a woman, it, it's it's what you say it is. You know, which I love, you know, I don't know Matt Walsh that well, uh, and I haven't seen, you know, what his thing, one is a woman, but like, I've seen all these clips where he'll ask somebody, well, what's a woman? They'll say, well, it's whatever you choose it to be. He's like, yes, but what is that? Like, what is a woman? Like, well, it's a woman is who you think a woman, is. but what is that one thing? So anyway, so yeah. And what you said, it goes back to earlier about when, you know, Ken and Barbie are at the construction site and she's feeling like, you know, they're just lusting after. And she's like, well, you know, I don't have a vagina. And, mm-hmm. you know, now here she is at the gynecologist, like the thing that didn't make her a woman. Now it is making her a woman. And there's all these scenes that encourage her to want to be a woman of seeing all these, these little babies and, 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 and children and growing up. And so, yeah, I thought that was so beautiful, really profound. Very beautiful. Very. Yeah. That was a, that was a great ending. It, it was, it was I mean, perfect. The music. I mean, the whole, uh, that Billie Eilish song. I'm in love with that song. Dude. What is up with that? So beautiful. What was I made for? Yes, I will accept any recording dealing uh, that you guys want to give me. Um, Because I was like, I almost honestly, I almost started to cry during that part because it's like, I don't know if you remember a song from back in 2004. I'm kind of good with dates when uh, I don't know if you guys listen to like non Catholic Christian music, but like Casting Crowns, I think, had a song called Who Am I? You know, like, who am I? Right? That's all I know. Uh, And now the here is like, it reminded me of that. It's like, what was I made for? Like, she wants to know what was I made for? Even then, sorry, go ahead. You go. If you have a theology of the body lens of any sort, you cannot help but just feel so much, um, so much of it. It's, it, that, who, who are we? Why were we created? Um, you know, man and woman, he created them. Like it, it just, it just feels, it just felt overwhelming to me, you know? Um, 
I, I agree with you. I, I like really occur that look. I mean, apparently there's some things in the movie. I, I was told there's like a transgender Barbie. I, yep. I, I, I honestly like I think I know who it was, but I thought like they were going to make a really big point of it and talk about it like they didn't at all. And I'm not saying that that's OK. If there was one, I, I think I might know which one it was. But like they didn't obviously were you know, not accepting of the whole transgender movement. I did an entire episode with that on Jason with Jason Everett a couple months ago plug plug check that out uh his book on the transgender thing is amazing but there was so many I would not discourage people to see this movie I would not I wouldn't, but you have to have like uh Susan said a certain lens in which to go see it or if you're a parent you need to be able to explain it according to our catholic faith because the theology of the body it answers the questions of who am I who am I and what is, what is my purpose in life? What is going to lead me to the most happiness? The whole theology of the body answer those two questions. Who am I and what is my purpose? What, 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 what course of life, oh, I'm sorry, what path of life, what, what vocation will lead me to, I don't want to just say happiness, but to fulfillment. fulfillment. And, yeah. 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 That's what I was going to say, Father. Yeah. Fulfillment. What, how, how can I... How can I express my vocation, whatever that is? Um, and yeah, whether it's, um, yeah, whatever that looks like. Sorry, Father. that You said, we said it at the same time. Sorry. Hey, no, it's okay. No, totally. And even Kenny's asking himself, he sings that song, which the first time mm -hmm. I saw the movie, that song at the end, I'm Just Ken, I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't know what I'm watching right now. I know. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, the two, the, the Kens are going to fight each other on the beach. The next thing you, they're like dancing together, like the Backstreet Boys all together. And I'm like, I don't get it. And, but this time when I saw it today, I was like deeply moved by that song. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. we, we were only fighting because we didn't know who we were. Mm -hmm. Is that what he says? Mm -hmm. We were only fighting because we didn't know who we were. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm just Ken, you know, like in that world, in the Barbie world, he's just Ken. He's yeah. not enough. Well, I, you know what? I'm going to go to the, to the, uh, please. Where is it? No, 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 no. I had it. I had it right here. Uh, I'm just Ken. <laughs> where are the lyrics? Please, 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 please. Uh, I want to know what it's like. To okay. Know. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't seem, doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm always number two. No one try. No one knows how hard I try. Blah blah blah. I have feelings I can't explain. They're driving me insane. All of my life I've been so polite, but I'll sleep tonight. And then he goes, "All right, here's the main thing. I'm just. I'm not gonna sing it, but I'm just. I'm just Ken. Anywhere else I'd be a ten. Is it my destiny to live and die a life of blonde fragility? I'm just Ken." Where I see love, this is powerful. Where I see love, she sees a friend. What will it take for her to see the man behind the tan and fight for me? Yeah, beautiful. So beautiful. I, I, it's really that you know what? People are gonna laugh at me. I might get, you know. No. But what I'm about to say, what I'm about to say a little bit, not a lot. I'm just saying maybe a little tiny icon glimpse mirror. It just kind of makes me think of the Song of Songs a little bit. Okay. <laughs> not I. Uh, the Song of Songs, obviously, it's two lovers, you know, like talk about each other. And this guy's 
a little bit depressed, but he wants his lover. He, where I see love, she sees a friend. What is it going to take? Now I know we were going with that theme that like, you know, he sees only his identity in her and, you know, he's a person himself, but he's in love. He just wants to be seen. He just wants to be seen. To be seen is to be loved. That's one of our greatest desires, right? Yes. To just really be seen. To love and be loved. Yes. It's the meaning and purpose of our life. Yes. It's why we were created to love and be loved. You know, it's okay. I mean, we're supposed to be attracted to each other. Yes. Men and women are meant to be attracted to each other. Men, of course, in the beginning, it's uh, John Paul will say in the very beginning, it's the raw material. That physical attraction is the raw material. And then, you know, you go deeper and it's not just about the, the looks, but about, you know, the person and the whole person and everything like that. But I was, I was, I, I was just, the, I, if you don't mind, can I share one more story about myself? Please. Please. With this thing, with with this Ken thing, at the end, because at the end it's it's powerful because you would I was appreciative of this scene, so not the scene I'm about to say. So the the Barbies they trick all the Kens into uh, basically fighting over each other, and so that the Barbie world could go back to the way it was with where women rule the world or whatever. And they could have just ended it that way, but they didn't. Ken is now very, very upset. His plan of having this patriarchy and machismo, kingdom, you know, short like kingdom, he's is destroyed and he goes and he cries. And Barbie runs in after him and she says to him, I apologize. I think I owe you an apology because, and I, I'm going to forget exactly the word she said, but basically, like, I, I, I it, sorry, what, what'd she say? Is it I failed you? Well, like, I, right, 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 right. Excuse me. Yeah. No, like basically, she said, like I, I could have been. Basically, what she said, I could have been nicer. I, 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 I couldn't have. Maybe it didn't need to be girls' night every single night. Mm -hmm. You know, I could have been better to you. Mm -hmm. And then he says those words that Susan said before: "I'm nothing without you. Uh, I'm with you know the the gaze in your eyes. I was created for you." And she says well, maybe it's time for you to just get to know who Ken is, you know, yeah. which later I was hysterical when like they, at the end, they showed the last time you see him, he's wearing a shirt that says, I'm Knuff. Like, <laughs> I'm Ken Nuff. Like yeah. I'm enough, but I'm Ken Nuff. Which yeah. like to me, that was like my root thing. Like I didn't think I was enough for a long time. So I like, to, I thought that was great and hysterical or whatever, but there was a time in my life uh, it, it was in 2004 and a lot of 2004s here and um, a friend way before I was in the seminary and way before I was thinking about the priesthood and a friend of mine said, you know what? I had just me and this girl just broke up and I was more like the Ken situation. It wasn't me breaking up. I'll tell you that. And uh, <laughs> my friend said to me, you need to stop dating you need to stop always trying to have a girlfriend. You need to take some time for you and God. You want to have a girlfriend? Let God be your quote unquote girlfriend right now. Like you need to find out who Paul is. You need that. You need to have that time with you and the creator. And that's what just what Susan was saying about what Ken needed to do before the woman, before finding his identity in Barbie, even though male and female, he created them, even though, yes, we are made for each other. Our identity is in our creator, not the other creature. No matter how beautiful or handsome that other creature may be, 
Okay. Even in a married couple, even a married couple, they are not the end all be all. While they are married and while they are one, the two became one flesh, they most also individually, as well as a couple, but individually continue to have a personal relationship with God, a personal relationship with their creator. God first, everyone else second, even your spouse. You are enough. Even if you just sit in a chair and do nothing, the Lord lavishes his loving gaze upon you. Okay. So I know, you know, maybe they'll do like a part two, you know, Ken finds himself. I don't know. But we need that. For me, that was a blessing for me. When I took the time to do that by the grace of God, did I ever think I'd be a Catholic priest? No. Um, and but I needed that time because I kept thinking like my identity is in all these external things, mm -hmm. external people, and it's not, you know? So all right, I'm done. That's beautiful. I mean, God reveals to us who we are. Without him, who are we? Yeah. Right? We can't take our question to each other. That's beautiful. Mm. So anything we should touch on before we wrap this up? I, I think more about Ruth and Barbie. Um, yeah. Just uh, maybe cut that out, Father. Maybe Why? not. Why? I was just trying to think. I just... I'm trying to think what else I would say about her. I guess we wrapped it up. We, you said the Sistine Chapel thing and all that. Um, I think, yeah, you can cut. Oh, I hear, okay. You want to say something about Ruth and Barbie? And I think I alluded to this, but we didn't actually talk about it. Um, even though that Ruth is Barbie's creator, she did not interfere with free will. Right. Yes. Right. Right. She gave her the choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. Barbie asked for permission. Yes, I was. I, I I didn't. I didn't really get it. I mean, the ending. Okay, it was like okay. Now things were a little bit back to normal, but there was going to be a little more equality in the new in the Barbie world with the men and the women. Although, if you notice, the men was like, "Can we be on the Supreme Court?" She's like, "Yeah, no, I don't think so." Yeah, I can't yeah. So uh, they were still, you know, but so mm -hmm. uh, they. Oh, but they they said they will. Uh, there, the men will be involved in the Barbie world as much as women are involved in today's men world. And you know what? I'll be, I mean, look, I don't know the history of it, of uh, patriarchy and all. I, I, just, I just don't. Okay. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it doesn't take a rocket science to realize that like, you know, men are, were in charge for a very, very long time, or maybe are still mostly in charge. I, I mean, I, I just don't know to the statistics and the history enough to talk to that, but you know, we don't believe, I don't believe in, uh, one dominating the other. Um, what I the what I want to pick up on now is that so like okay so let's say we're in a male dominated society and male domination male domination. Now we're taking it to the other extreme because in a certain sense like feminism right at least their intention when they started was like well no we're women we have rights we 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 we, we have a voice we should be able to to voice our opinion we should be able to vote we should be able to we don't have to just sit at home like okay yeah yeah you do have a voice you are a person you should be able to vote you should be able to work 100% where i think the feminist movement took it to the opposite extreme is they're wrong is they're saying well you know what I don't need man at all. Basically, mm -hmm. I want to be just like a man. Mm -hmm. I want to be better. There's no balance. No balance. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay, so you're so much of a woman that you want to be a man that you, we don't need men in the world? 
Like it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. A male dominated world, a female dominated it doesn't work. There needs to be balance. Mm-hmm. You want to say anything to that? I might get destroyed for that. They show that really beautifully, right? In Barbie land and in the real world. Because in Barbie land, it's the feminist world. And in the real world, it's the masculine. I kind of felt like in the Supreme Court scene at the end when all the women take over again, I might be looking too much into this, but it really felt like Barbie, when that happened, it felt like Barbie was a little sad. And like I said, I might be reading too much into this, but it was, I took it as if she kind of realized, I don't, I don't think this is right either. Like, mm-hmm. um, like we need the complementary complementarity of each other. Um, the fact that all the Kens were gone, it kind of felt like she was a little sad about that. I might be, I might be reading into that, mm-hmm. but well, it's interesting. Like why? Recognized. Why didn't she want? So here's the thing. So it ended there. That's why I was saying I didn't really get it. Like things were, and then and then uh, the daughter says, "Well, what's Barbie's ending?" And then they go off, and they're not. It, they're in between the two worlds. Mm-hmm. Why? didn't why did barbie want to become a human like why didn't she want to stay there do we I, that's the part i didn't really fully she grasp from the creator the creator, the creator the revealed who she was like she, there was more the creator so revealed more. to her her identity mm. who she was and she was interested in that she she was she it, she wanted it was that. worth the pain right there's mm. so much more but that beauty is worth the pain I guess my only question would be, but Barbie, uh, the creator originally, like her purpose was to be a doll in the beginning. So that's why I was like, why does she now reveal more to her? That was, that's my only thing. What? She, yeah. Well, she made the doll in the image of her daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And she even named the doll Barbara, Barbie. Yeah. Her daughter was named Barbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess she evolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And change was a, change was a topic about, I don't want things to change. And then uh, uh, the the mom, I don't know her real name, but America or something. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, that's just life, honey. Mm-hmm. Like life is, is, is change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard. I, I, I do want to say one thing. Um, I'm totally going <laughs> like back, but I, I can't not bring this up. Uh, when Barbie first gets to the real world mm-hmm. and she's sitting on a bench and she's closing her eyes to kind of, think about who's her where did she come from who's the the person she needs to look for and she sees all these beautiful scenes and she starts to cry and she's like what that i i don't know her exact words but basically like that hurt but felt really good Mm -hmm. and then she looks at this woman sitting next to her who's an older woman she's never seen before she's never seen that broken wrinkled yeah she's never seen that before She's like a woman on her last leg, maybe. And this beautiful Margot Robbie, this beautiful Barbie, with tears in her eyes, looks at this older woman and says, you're beautiful. She sees her. She sees that. That's one of the most powerful scenes. That that, that could have been the best scene of the whole. That was powerful. My question to you, though, is why do you think the response of the woman was, I know it. I didn't. I was like, I kind of laughed, but I, without me telling you what I think it meant, let me actually ask you. I mean, I don't know. I, I was kind of impressed that she knew it, right? Like she was confident in who she was by that age, right? I, I like she doesn't need all that exterior. She knows. Who she she knows. She knows herself. I felt well, like that was yeah. 
She knew it. Even though old and wrinkly, she knew it. Yeah, that, that was potent. That was very powerful. I'm going to read down a couple of my notes here. Barbie doesn't think she's beautiful anymore. So many women struggle with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many women are getting plastic surgery, are getting like so even like really beautiful women are like some of them like literally think they're disgusting looking like beautiful women they think they they're i mean i i don't know how to speak to this i'm i'm a man I'm, from a men's pers perspective i have problems with my own body image but i think it also talked a lot about body image in, in you know it spoke to that because it's not just people who aren't necessarily beautiful who struggle with body image it's also people who are beautiful and it kind of shows that no matter how beautiful you may be or, or have the, the, all the attention in the world or the final things in life, some people really just struggle with who they are. It, we're all broken. We all have our wounds. We all have our, our sufferings. Um, and that, that's what makes us part of our story too, you know? Um, but Sometimes we're the hardest on ourselves, too. Um, yeah. and, and the brokenness can come from way back, right? Speaking to my own story, um, I mean, I, ha I have this beautiful family, so I'm not complaining, right? But I watched my, um, my father, and this is how I perceived it as a child. It doesn't mean that I was right, but my mom wasn't perfect, right? And my dad didn't love her in the way that I thought he should. So in my mind... If I'm not perfect, no one will ever love me, right? She had eight babies. She was overweight. She was, right? So in my mind, I, I had to always be perfect or I would never be loved. Um, I mean, he's still with her today. He loves her deeply, right? But in the child's mind, that's how I perceived it. Um, you know, and Emily and I kind of laughed about this, but since I turned 50, gosh, that's been really hard, right? Um, because aging is happening mm -hmm. and I see all these women who are my age who are doing like Botox and like facelifts and and and, and all the I, I can't compete with that right um yeah that's that's part of the wound it, that's hard and it's a reality right I mean it just is but the Lord redeems everything he right does. and he uses everything but they talked about what depression Barbie yeah. <laughs> Depression. Part. Oh my god! I mean, because they show her like she's all messed up. She slays on the couch. I mean, I go to work every day. The weekends, if I don't have my my kids, I'm like it's so easy just to not, just to be what they talk about being on safe social media. And then they even showed what was it? Uh, the Pride and Prejudice. She even watches Pride and Prejudice, and I looked over at Emily. I was like, I just watched that three minutes ago. Like, that's hysterical. That's that's all. That's. Hysterical. <laughs> it's real. Art imitates life, right? Yes. I mean, it's real. Yes. Art imitates life. We're all broken. We're all a mess in some way. We're all, you know, they had the weird Barbie, which we didn't speak about. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, my take on weird Barbie is that, like, I, I guess there's always like that weird kid. I, I, well, we'll, we'll speak with like that, that weird girl or whatever that like maybe the other more popular, maybe a little power, more powerful girls. They kind of leave off to the side. Um, so I was like, I don't know. I just, I made me go back to like growing up at grammar school when like, you know, um, this is going to sound so terrible, but like, yeah, like there was that weird kid or two, <laughs> you know what I mean? But what I loved about this weird Barbie 
Um, obviously she was funny, but like, even though she was weird Barbie, she dedicated her life to helping other people become the best version of themselves. Yeah. Through her wound. Yeah. Through her wound. That's beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. And I'm sorry I spoke over you again. No. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, all right. I, I feel like I had something else to say, but I can't remember what it was. Um, this has been great. I think, right? <laughs> yeah. I hope so. We hope so. We hope you have some content. <laughs> no, well, we definitely have content. 100%. 100. I might have to edit a little bit. But, but I love how you get attacked. <laughs> no, no. Why would you? No, no, no. Look. Okay. What's a, uh, we said some negative things about it, but yeah, we're not, we're not canonizing the movie. No. Get that from no. the outset. Yes. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, it's twisted too, right? In so many ways. They take Eve and make her Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it is twisted, but you can still, you can find beauty in it in the story. Would um, you say, always look deeper, right? Would you say the movie was specifically written for women? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um, even Barbies, right? So Emily asked me, because she knows that I come from a very conservative home. I mean, we didn't watch TV when I when I grew up. We didn't have a TV in the house. She was like, did you play with Barbies? Because you kind of <laughs> you kind of have to know like what Barbie's about. And honestly, I didn't have Barbies, but my friends had Barbies, so I kind of knew. But she knew that even the the dolls that were discontinued, yeah. it was a real thing. They yeah. really had those dolls and they and they were discontinued. I didn't know that before. Yeah. So my uncle, uh, my uncle Michael was, um, he told me a story last weekend that he was like poo-pooing, uh, you know, Barbie. He didn't see it at all, or he was just saying some negative stuff about it. And his daughter, my cousin, uh, said to him, well, it wasn't written for you. Okay. Like, it, and he goes, you know what? She was right. Like it, it, it wasn't written for me. She's like, you know, she said to him, I'm, I was a girl. I grew up playing with Barbies. Like, yeah. You know, so and my cousins both liked it for different reasons. And yeah. having a conversation with my cousin, one of them named Barbara, by the way, uh, Barbara and Jennifer, about why they liked the movie kind of encouraged me to go see it. Yeah. So I wasn't just doing what other people were doing and seeing negative things about on social media and forming an opinion because of some other, you know, conservative orthodox you know, it, it's this dangerous thing with social media. It's great, but some of these like Catholic influencers, they 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 kind of they say their opinion as if it's like dogma, and we need to be careful. And I'm no liberal. I'm no, you know what I'm saying. But like, I mean, I saw somebody earlier today say something like, um, "There's just way too many people at World Youth Day. Communion just should not be given out at, at events like that." Wow. Uh, and this person has like. A lot of followers, and I'm like, who are you to say anything that communion shouldn't be distributed at the largest mass ever, like every two to three years? You know what I mean? We need to be careful, and I'm talking to myself as well. So, I and you know what, Susan, I'm glad you saw it. You said you would have never seen it. Emily saw it, she said something about it. TOB, I said, I want to kind of do, and here we are. Is this the greatest theology of the body and Barbie episode ever? It doesn't have to be because it's our episode. It's what we took away from it. All right. Ultimately, look, ultimately, here we go. I'll try to sum it up. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the end, 
All right. I mean, actually, in the beginning, okay, <laughs> in the beginning, there was a creator. He didn't need us, but he created us purely out of love, mm-hmm. out of gift. But because God, because God is love and he created us out of love, love can never, ever, 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 ever be singular. Love must always be plural because in order for love to be love, there must be at least two, at least a a lover and a beloved, someone who is loving and someone who's receiving the love. With God, though, we don't have just two, we have three, but he said, let us make man and woman in our image and likeness, male and female. He created them in the image of God. He created them different, but equal. And the first thing he said to them is uh, to, as, as a couple, well, uh, be fruit. Well, ultimately be fruitful and multiply. And when a couple, a man and woman are fruitful and the multiply, there is a third is the man-woman-child relationship exactly representative of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit? It's an analogy. We can't say God is not sexual, but but that's how he how, that 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 th- there is something very accurate in that. Okay, Barbie has a lot of themes about masculinity, femininity, about the Creator, about the meaning and the purpose of life. In the beginning, it was supposed to be great. The movie began in a perfect paradise, and that's how our salvation history started perfect paradise and guess what god didn't screw it up we did and we get to see fallen humanity so in the theology of the body it talks about original humanity original man in paradise we see that in the beginning of barbie world but then when barbie goes to the real world we see historical man his that's what the john paul ii calls the second uh triptych the second point um, point or timeline in the theology body original then historical meaning current and then one day which i don't think barbie got into but Mm -hmm. eschatological okay so that's my you know and then there's this tension constantly from the very beginning between man and woman even at the very fall of of lust and objectification and let's put on some clothes i mean sound familiar so it's just this beautiful love story that is tainted and twisted and is barbie tainted and twisted yes can it be redeemed yeah does the movie end perfectly no not not at all and neither will this life on earth but by the grace of god because of the death and the resurrection of jesus christ he has redeemed our bodies and he he uh has conquered this world and he is the author of life, the resurrected one. One day we shall not only merely go back to paradise, man and woman will not merely go back to Eden, but we will go to something ever greater, infinitely greater, where they will be complete, total harmony and peace. So to try to you know, have a perfect utopia or paradise in this, on this life, this earth, never going to happen. Never gonna, no matter how hard women try, no matter how hard man tried, never gonna happen. Only in heaven, we need to go to Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Any final thoughts, Susan Emily? <laughs> no, that was, that was absolutely perfect. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Listen, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know I talk a lot. I hope I, I let you guys talk a lot. Maxima Copa. I am beyond mm-hmm. grateful. Uh, you guys inspired me, and uh, this is awesome. Hopefully, this will come out 
by Wednesday. So um, is there anything that we could plug for you at, at all? Could tell our listeners. I know you teach the Creighton model. Anything you want us to plug? Uh, honestly, I wouldn't plug myself. I would just plug, I would simply say, if there's anybody out there struggling with anything um, infertility-wise or just uh, painful periods, that sort of thing, I want. I would want everyone to know that the church does have an answer for this and that can the, there's healing that the Lord desires for all of us. And there, everyone, each woman and couple can find healing with NAPRO technology. And so I would encourage anyone that is struggling in any way um, to look into that. If so. your gynecologist is not giving you the answers um, that you need or that you that the church aligns with, look into NAPRO. The St. Paul, Paul the Sixth Institute in Omaha is where you would start. Yeah, so. It's St. Paul the Sixth Institute in Omaha, Nebraska for NAPRO, which is short for natural pro-life, right? It's, it's short for natural procreative technology. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. It's okay. It's okay. And, there, and there's hope for all these women that, that are in the ache and, and want babies so badly and keep mm-hmm. trying and losing babies. They get to the root cause of what's causing the issues so that then the man and woman can come together and, and, um, create life ideally. And, and Emily is an example to yes. that story. Right? I, well, just to elaborate just a tiny bit on my story, I didn't know that this existed. So as a faithful Catholic couple, as we're going through this infertility struggle, when we did, we were left at a crossroads because we didn't, we didn't think we had any other options except what the world is giving you um, with IVF and all these things. And we knew we were not open to that. So it wasn't until despairing um, quite, quite a bit um, and losing hope. And then, um, you know, hitting rock bottom, if you will. And then the Lord just really, um, really just, poured out his grace. Um, and we learned about this. And, um, and so I just really, I just very quickly realized that there are so many women and couples that don't know about this. So that's when I went to get trained to learn how to teach it because there's such a, there's such an ache. Um, it's very, there's a lot of couples, women and couples struggling. So, so. through her wound, she's helping other women. Can you give me uh, a link or two later on after this, that may be, uh, that I could put into the show notes to, uh, for resources for this uh, right. NAPRO technology and these St. Paul the Sixth Institute? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. Susan and Emily, thank you for being on a holy mess with his holy mess. I'm beyond grateful. Thank you. One day I'll be able to, uh, to meet, uh, uh, you know what? Forget about it. Okay. <laughs> No, no, I wasn't going to say meet you. I wasn't going to say that. I was about to screw. I was about to mess something up like I did in the beginning, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Got it. We okay. would love to meet you on earth or in heaven. Have the, have the two of you ever been to the Theology of the Body Institute? Susan has. Yeah. Wow. Yes. How, many, how many classes have you taken? So I've done um, two courses and then two pilgrimages. And I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You, that's right. We talked all about that. And you two live in Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I 
need to go to all 50 states in my lifetime, and I've oh. never been to Arkansas. So if you hey, need this is the place in Arkansas, you need to come. You definitely need to come to the northwest corner. Maybe your parish needs a guest speaker. Oh. Maybe maybe you want me to do like a comedy show. <laughs> hey, we, we can make that happen. I'm bro. just saying I'd love to go to Arkansas. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. If there's anything I could do for the two of you, please don't ever hesitate to reach out in any way. Just prayers. That would, I mean, in the here and now, prayers for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. I mean, well, it's like, uh, what time is it? It's 11.28 p.m. Eastern time. So it's 10.30 your time. God bless you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for a Holy Mess podcast. Please see the show notes in the description for this episode for more details and information about the topic and or our guest. You will find links and resources there to supplement this episode and help you along your messy but holy journey. Please also like, comment, subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this episode. I want to thank Mike Mangione for providing his song, Can You Love Me Falling, from his album Red Wing Blackbird Man to provide for the theme song of this podcast. Finally, Please note that while Father Paul Hoos is a priest for the Archdiocese of Newark, a Holy Mess with his Holy Mess podcast is not affiliated with the Archdiocese of Newark in any way, including but not limited to fundraising efforts. This podcast is purely the personal hobby, product, and evangelization effort of me, Father Paul Hoos. Please join us again next time for another Holy Mess of an episode. God bless. Mm -hmm.